Hello and welcome to a God-Focused Life podcast. This is a podcast where we are focused on healthy living, body, soul, and spirit. We were made by God and we were made for God. When we learn how to live life God's way, that is when we truly learn how to flourish and prosper in every single area. I don't know about you, but I have certainly made a mess of things in my life because I've tried to do things my way. God has principles in His Word, and when we apply them to our lives, we become overcomers. We become victorious in the things of life because we are learning how to walk in humility, to walk in uh, faith of God's Word. We become powerful when everything around us is crumbling. God gives us strength to endure. So I just pray that you are able to glean something from today's podcast that will literally change your life and bring you closer to God. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would just ask that you give it a five-star rating, leave a review, uh, share it with your friends, share it with people that you think would benefit from this. It is not to make Rebecca popular. It is about giving the word of God to other people so that they can learn how to live victoriously in their lives by applying the principles of Jesus into their lives. Okay, so what I've been doing recently is going through the Bible and just highlighting some of the stories. So many people have not had the opportunity to read through God's word and they just want to know what is it all about. I want to remind you and I will remind you probably in every podcast as long as I remember to because it's so important to know these are not just stories. It's not just a fictional book. These are true real stories from history. We see God interacting with humans and we see the desperation and the need of mankind for God in their lives. We see the struggle with sin. We see the repercussions of sin and we see that uh, God rescues us from sin by sending his son, Jesus Christ, not only to die and take the punishment for our sins, but to give us victory Um, over our sins so that we can be overcomers even while we are living on planet earth. It's not just something for heaven. It is something that we can apply to our lives here and now. So let's go into the scriptures. We're going to talk about um, the descendants of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah were made a promise by God. God says, I am going to uh, increase your descendants. You look at those stars, that's how many descendants that you are going to have. And God is so faithful to repeat himself, not only to Abraham's son, but again to his grandson. I love the fact that God continues to have interaction with us and conversations with us so that we aren't left alone. We can constantly go to him and find out, God, what is the plan that you have for our lives? And he is faithful to give that plan to us. Now, we may not just have it all in you know, one sitting. It may be step by step by step. God can give us the big picture and then he breaks it down little by little as we are walking in obedience. So if you're at a place where you aren't hearing from God, I recommend sit before him and ask him, what was the last thing you told me about yourself? What is the last thing that you told me about me? 
and, and apply it. If there is obedience, if there is something that you really need to get into your heart and into your mind, a truth that needs to become alive, let that sink in now. And then God will give you instruction when the time is right. But just bask in his word, bask in his truths and know that God loves you. He is for you. He wants you to come closer to him and he wants you to live a victorious life. And we see that even in the scriptures. So as I'm going back to Abraham, we definitely saw a lot of weaknesses in Abraham's life. And we are going to continue to see weaknesses even in the descendants and people in the Bible. But here's the thing. When we are in relationship with God, and especially this day and age, because Jesus is in heaven and he said, I'm going to heaven so that I can empower you with the Holy Spirit. He sends the Holy Spirit to us. We can be overcomers even more so now because we have Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. Okay. So that to me is spectacular that we can turn to God at any moment and feel his presence literally living on the inside of us. Absolutely amazing. Okay. We are going to see, I want to point out a few things because the apple does not fall far from the tree. So parents, listen up. Our children watch us. They glean from us. Like there might be habits and things that are in our lives that are passed down to our children until we literally, what I want to say, break the curse where we pray, ask forgiveness and literally break it from our, you know, from the downline, if you will. Uh, those are called generational curses. We see Abraham and Sarah. If you remember in one of the podcasts, we talked about how Abraham was in enemy territory, if you're a foreign territory, I should say, and he was afraid for his own life. Life. So he said that his wife, Sarah, was his sister. Well, we see this again, even in Isaac's and Rebecca's life, when they are in Philistine territory. And as we continue going on, you are going to hear the word Philistine so many times because they become enemies uh, for God's people. And uh, we see the same thing that Isaac says, Oh, Rebecca, she is my sister. <laughs> and we saw Abraham do that. And then here Isaac is doing that. I mean, it's the lies and it's the fear. So as parents, we want to be able to learn from our sins, right? Learn from those fears in our own lives so that we can cut it off. We can confess it before God and say, Lord, forgive me of this, heal me from this and allow me to teach my children another way, a better way so that it goes better with them. So I thought that was very interesting to see that same kind of fear come out of Isaac that came out of his, his own daddy. All right. Now, another similarity is the fact that we saw Sarah, she was barren and she wasn't able to have children, even though God gave the promise. You know, they had to wait until they were elderly, like a hundred years old before she even became pregnant. They had to wait for the fulfillment of the promise. We see this again in Isaac and Rebecca's life because Rebecca was barren and Isaac had to pray for Rebecca's womb to be opened. And it was opened and she becomes pregnant with twins. These twins are Jacob and Esau. And it's interesting that we say Jacob and Esau because Jacob ends up being the one with the blessings. However, Esau was actually the firstborn of the two. Now, that is significant because 
the firstborn gets the birthright. The firstborn gets the blessing. The firstborn gets all of this, you know, um, preferential treatment. It's just the way that it was. And God honored that as well. That's just the way that it was. But we see the characteristics and the personalities of the two boys really come out uh, in these stories. So I highly recommend you go and read these stories. We're going to see Jacob as a fighter and he is going to, and when I say fighter, I mean, he fights for the things that he wants, whether it's good or whether it's bad, even in the midst of he might sin in order to do it, but he is a determined man. Now I'm going to give you a couple of the stories that are pretty popular. One is, uh, let me tell you first about their, uh, some of their characteristics. Esau was his daddy's favorite, or he definitely had his daddy's favor because Esau was a outdoorsman. He loved to hunt. He loved to be outdoors. He was a hard worker when it came to the outside world. And Jacob was a mama's boy. He was in the kitchen cooking. He was a little more domestic and he did things inside with his mom. And so when we see, and even though Esau was the firstborn and Isaac is definitely, I mean, we already know that if that's the case, then Isaac is going to want to bless Esau with all of the firstborn rights, but Jacob intervenes. Okay. So let's go to the first story. Esau is outside. He's hunting. He's tired. He's worn out from hunting all day. And he comes in all this hard work and probably Jacob is inside cooking and the, the aroma of whatever is cooking. We know that there is a bowl of lentils. You know, there may have been more things that he was cooking up, but probably that scent was throughout the neighborhood. You could probably smell it coming and you know what it's like when you are so hungry and then you just get the aroma of food. You're like, Oh, I'm starving and I just need it so bad. I need the food so bad. So Esau comes in and Jacob says, um, I will give you a bowl of soup. If you give me my birth or give me the birthright. Esau was so hungry. He could only see the here and now and his starvation. He's like, man, what good is my, this is what scriptures say. What good is my birthright? If I die, you know, like the birthright's not going to do me any good if I'm just like starving. So instead of Esau, like, and maybe, maybe this, the the starvation was, you know, maybe it was a severe starvation, but he should have turned to God. He should have asked God rather than selling something that was going to be a blessing from God. So instead of turning to God, he just said, okay, here it is. So he sold his birthright. So imagine what he must've felt like once his belly was full, because it would have only been what a few minutes later when his belly is actually full. Uh, I just wonder what he would have felt at that moment. Like, oh my goodness, what did I do? But it had been given to Jacob. Um, another thing that we see is because Jacob is a mama's boy and Jacob is Rebecca's favorite. Rebecca actually overheard Isaac talking with Esau and Isaac is telling Esau, I want to speak over you and pray a blessing over you. And that was very legit. Words were valuable. The blessing from the father was valuable. God honored those words from a father over the child. So when Rebecca heard this, 
Rebecca runs to Jacob and says, okay, we need to, we need to make sure that you are the one that gets this blessing instead of Esau. Okay. So, um, something that I didn't mention to you is Esau, when he came out of the womb, it says a couple of things that he was very red and he was very hairy. Okay. So, and when they say hairy, I'm assuming they mean extreme hairy because Rebecca has Jacob put on fur on his arm in order to deceive his daddy so that he thinks that this is um, Esau. At this point, Isaac is old. Isaac is blind. And he, he, so whenever one of the sons comes in, he's not going to be able to see who it is. Okay. So, uh, Rebecca says, we're going to fix this. Um, we are going to put hair on your arm so that when you go into your father's presence, he's going to feel your arm and know that it is you. The other thing that needed to be done was uh, a sacrifice. So Esau was going to go out into the field and kill because he was a a hunter. He was going to go kill um, an animal, bring it in. And Rebecca says, okay, I want you, Jacob, to go out and get one of the goats and kill the goat. And we will make your father's favorite dish. He's going to be like so pleased to have this dish. And it says that, you know, Isaac is like, "Uh, who is this? And Jacob says, oh, it is your son Esau. And he puts his arm there and he feels his arm. He's like, wow, this is, wow, here's the food and here's your hairy arm. And he speaks a blessing over Jacob and Jacob gets the blessing of the father. And it, it, it's solidified in that. Now, when Esau finds that out, he is undone. He is so upset. He is crying. He is before his father. He's like, please give me a blessing. Please, please, please. And when he goes, it it literally made the two of them cry. Like, because Isaac is crying because, you know, uh, Esau was his favored son And Esau is crying because obviously he wants the blessing. We do see that Esau just kind of starts doing his own thing. He's marrying Canaanite women. He's marrying whoever that's outside of the line of God, just doing his own thing. Whereas Jacob ends up uh, marrying someone that's in the, in the line of, you know, their people. So there are, sometimes I look at this story and you can read for yourself and see what you glean from it. But sometimes I see some of the things of like insecurities that just come in, you know, like when a child does not have the, the love of a father or the love of a mother. And then they see the other child getting blessings and getting things, then jealousy set in. And sometimes when those jealousies set in, instead of them going to God for security and love and blessings, instead of doing that, they, uh, in their insecurities, they just go out and do whatever it is that they want to do. They go out and sin. They are living for their, the needs of the flesh rather than praying to God. And we see that even earlier with Abraham, with the servant Hagar. And this was from a couple of podcasts ago. Even Hagar, that was Sarai's servant, uh, you know, when, when, uh, Hagar gets pregnant in sin because they're not waiting for the blessing and Abraham sleeps with Hagar and she becomes pregnant. 
even though that is a line of sin, God still provided for that son. So it's so important that we, even in our sins, we come to God, confess our sins. And especially now that we are after the cross, Jesus came to redeem us and rescue us from our sins so that we can, nothing is ever too late. There's no sin that we can ever commit or do that is going to keep us from the blessings of God when we confess, we repent, and we get in alignment with God's word. So I just want to encourage you, now that we are in the New Testament, we are living in the blessing of the Holy Spirit being upon us, we can always get back in alignment with God's word and live in the blessing, okay? So just know that. And that was true even for the Old Testament as well. But you know, that's just the way that things happened. And when your little brother is getting the blessing that was rightfully yours and you've been tricked into that, um, I would actually like to know more details of that story. You know, sometimes the Bible just gives you the overarching, you know, view of the story. I would have loved to have been able to sit down with Esau to find out, wow, what is really going on here? You know, So let's talk about what this means for us today. I mean, we see this story in the Old Testament of two brothers fighting for a birthright, fighting for blessings from the father and the descendants. Let's talk about what that means for us today. Number one, I just want you to know you don't have to fight for the blessings. Jesus made a way for us to go directly to our father, like the heavenly father, the blessings are not going to come just from one man named Abraham. We have direct access to God, the father, and we have been grafted into this family, this family of God. We know that Abraham, and when, when, as we continue to go on, we're going to see that all of the, de- these descendants come from Abraham. And we are actually going to see, as it goes on, Jesus is born into the line of Abraham. And after that point, Jesus doesn't have physical children. Jesus never got married, so he doesn't have physical children. But what he does is he opens up a brand new spirituality. When he says, I'm going to the Father and I am going to send Holy Spirit, now we have this spiritual birth that is, and we do have descendants spiritually. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this or ever heard of this saying, There will be people that say, I may not have physical children, but I have spiritual children. And what they mean by that when they are speaking it according to Christianity and the word, you know, lining up with the Bible, what they mean by that is saying um, they are discipling someone. They are teaching them the things of the word. And we know that that is literally God doing the work in that person's life, but we are 
helping them and loving them and, and, uh, taking them to the, to a place of knowledge and understanding of God that they've not been to. And you will maybe even hear parents say that of their children. Now I do have physical children. I have two children that are physically, that were first physically given to me, but more important than physically is their spiritual birth. Through, through Jesus Christ and through that, the death on the cross and then them accepting Jesus into their lives by the Holy Spirit. That is a spiritual birth in their lives. That brings blessing into them because they are now a part of the family of God. And we don't have to fight for it. We don't have to grab anybody's heel over it. We don't have to make a bowl of soup and do any trickery over it. All we have to do is believe in Jesus Christ and confess that he is the savior of the world and he is the savior of me. He like make it personal. He's not just the savior of the church. It is the savior of me, me, like make sure that you realize he died for you. Okay. So know that you don't have to fight for those blessings. And even I've seen that too, where we live for the approval of our parents The only person that we can live in approval to is to God. And that's the beautiful thing. He's already given us his approval. Why? Because he approves of his son, Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that we can do that's going to throw us out of the palm of his hand. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus. If you have accepted Jesus as your savior, like grow in that relationship with your true father your heavenly father. Okay. And then when you are living in that approval, not for the approval, I'm talking in the approval that's already there. When you are living in that, then you're going to realize, wait a minute, my earthly father is not perfect. I'm not perfect in my flesh. And those expectations and those, um, insecurities and all of that dysfunction in the emotions, that becomes so much smaller when we start living according to the principles of the Holy Spirit, of God, our true Father, okay? holy. The second point is that Holy Spirit pours out into all of us, and we all have giftings, okay? So you see the jealousies between Jacob and Esau, and you see, um, you know, them fighting for something, right? Well, now we have Holy Spirit that pours giftings into each one of us. And when we get into the New Testament, we're going to see stories of, you know, uh, there's a comparison with body parts. You know, why would the ear, you know, say I'm not a hand? And why would the eyes be jealous of the foot? Why are all of these body parts? No, they all work together to form one body. So that is the same with the body of Christ and people in the church. Everybody has different giftings. Some people are really good with hospitality. Some people are really good with encouraging others. Some people are really good with teaching the scriptures. Some are really good with pastoring and loving the people that are in the church and making sure that their needs are met. Everybody has a gifting from the Holy Spirit. And so when we do this wrestling with each other, we're only causing damage to ourselves. So make sure that, that we dig into, uh, the realities that we are all gifted and loved by God and we are all different and we are all very, very special. I mean, I think that that phrase is so, um, overused 
that we forget the real meaning. No, God has created each one of us. Every single person has a different fingerprint. And more importantly, every single one of us has been given a different uh, personality, different characteristics. We are all made in the image of God. And when we submit our lives to God, God will do something through us that nobody else will ever be able to do. Like my, my personality is so different from anybody else that's been created. So when I do the things that God wants me to do, it is unique. It is, it cannot be reproduced. Even if somebody else comes and tries to do what I do, they are very different. They're a different person. God's gifted and vice versa. If I go and try to do the thing that somebody else has done, I'm not that person. So just know God has created you for a purpose that only you can fulfill. Um, one thing hasn't changed is the consequences of sin. Okay. So that's another point. Even in the Old Testament into the New Testament, the one thing that has not changed is consequences for sin. Okay. So we, even though now we, and even in the Old Testament, we see that Abraham still got the blessing, even though he slept with Hagar, even though there were concubines in the Old Testament, right? And in the New Testament, we see sins and we see God forgive us over and over and over because of Jesus. But one thing that we see throughout all scripture there will always be consequences for sin. And so that is why we don't want to just live our lives any old way that we want to, because we will face harsh consequences. Some people think, oh yeah, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. So I'll go out and do whatever it is that I'm doing. And it doesn't really matter. Uh, here's the thing. The closer that we get to God, the more he shaves off of our life the holier we get. And we think, what does that even mean? It means we stop doing the things that displease him. We stop doing the things that break his heart. Um, I was telling this story because the Lord brought this to my memory. I, back in the day when I was in a gym, I had a personal trainer and, um, our family was, uh, my husband and I, at the time we were in relationship with him and we were great friends. And the thing about, my personal trainer was he had had so many boxing injuries because, you know, those blows to the head, whenever he would see the color cobalt blue, it would, it would send him into a seizure. Like literally he would fall down onto his knees in a seizure whenever he saw anything cobalt blue. Now out of my love and respect for him, why would I bring out my blue dishes? And I did have cobalt blue dishes at the time. Why would I bring those out when it's going to hurt him. So it's kind of, that's a very pale comparison to our relationship with God. Why am I going to do the things that are going to hurt God's heart? Why am I going to do the things that are going to hurt me? Because that's what sin does. It hurts me. And why am I going to do the things that are going to hurt the people around me? Because that's God's heart is love. God is love. So if I love God and God loves other people and God loves me, the sin is only going to hurt relationships and it's only going to bring about hard and harsh consequences. So just know that um, that consequences will always be, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, you know, the, the now there are consequences for sin. And what I also love, this is my last point, is that God always reminds us of his blessing. So we see that he had given the blessing to Abraham and he had to remind 
Abraham of the blessing. He let Sarah know of the blessing. And then even years later, he gives the blessing to Isaac. We see that in Genesis 26. And then he even goes further to give that same blessing, that promise of the blessing to Jacob. He, he comes to Jacob in a dream in Genesis 28. So God, I just love the fact that I can pray for my future generations, but I can trust that God is going to intervene in my children's lives, in my great-grandchildren, my great-great-great-grandchildren, all the way through, because that's who God is. He goes before me. He sends his Holy Spirit. His desire is for all men to be saved, and he wants that for my family line. So I am praying and speaking the blessing, just like what Abraham did, just like what um, Isaac did, just like what Jake, we're going to see Jacob do. We speak the blessings into our future generations, and God will continue to speak um, on his behalf, not even on my behalf. He speaks on his behalf. Uh, to our future generations. So just make sure that you are in prayer for your children and your grandchildren. Re- remember too, we're going to see this later on in scripture, that blessings and curses come from our mouths. So when we are speaking, whether it is blessing or curses, there will be fruit that that produces from the words that we speak. Okay. There are always consequences. Um, and, and on the flip side, it's not just sin that has consequences. It is the good seeds that we plant, the good things that we say, the blessings that we speak into being. God is faithful to his word. So I want to leave you with that, that you are in alignment with God's blessing when you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior and you are welcoming the work of the Holy Spirit in your life because he equips you for the thing that he wants you to do while on planet earth. And trust me, we are living in a day and age where we truly need the hand of God working in our lives, not just for ourselves, but for the people around us. Amen. Amen. Okay. I, again, I want to thank you for listening and tuning into this podcast. Um, this is, I I'm just praying that this is a blessing to so many people that they hear the word of God, that they understand the principles in God's word, that it's not just a flat story, you know, like in a storybook. It is alive and active and it can literally change lives. When we are reading these stories about Abraham or Jacob and, and you know, this, the stories that we're going to continue to read, that we can glean from those things and see what God is doing in their lives. And we can know that God will do those things in our lives as well. So again, uh, like, comment, share, send this to people so that they can be encouraged and uh, just be filled with hope for such a time as this. Okay. All right, guys. Love you. So thankful that you tune in and we'll see you next time.